Say to the person I left, Merry Christmas. Give them a good old Merry Christmas. I'll turn to the other person right and say, don't make a scene. Don't make a scene. I've grown up working. Christmas for me has always been work. I know it's a weird thing. Now I'm a pastor, so I work at Christmas. And then when I was a kid, my parents were in the hoteling um, food industry. So I would spend Christmas Eve and Christmas Day serving people at Christmas meals, which I loved doing. But the job I loved the most was the champagne bottles and popping the corks of the champagne bottles. And I remember being, I don't know, eight, nine, it was Christmas Eve, and and I was delegated. I hadn't been kind of strong enough to operate the champagne bottles when I was younger, but now I'd graduated. So it's taking off the, the, the little wire cap, and you've got to manage it so you don't pop off the lid. But that one night, I just got so excited, I just, it just popped. It shot across the room into a glass table, on someone's table, and my dad looked at me from across, and everyone was a bit calm. I was like, inside, please don't make a scene, please don't make a scene. I thought, I'm going to get this right. So I grabbed the next bottle after I pulled that one on the tables, and I had the bottle, and I slowly, I did everything right. As I took off the cap, the bottle cap shot out across the room, and I literally watched it go across the room and hit this massive gentleman in the head. Oh! And I, all inside of me was, please don't make a scene, please don't make a scene. I, wanna, I don't want to be delegated to washing dishes in the back, because that was the alternative option. But I want to speak today, just for a few moments, don't worry, we won't be long. We won't be at Easter. I want to speak about a God who set the scene so we don't have to make a scene. Is that all right? Because when we come to Christmas, every situation and everything we encounter, and even as you think back on the year you've just had, maybe some good days or low days, in those low days, that's option, often the chance where we get a choice to make. We can make a scene. My personal favorite recently, we had a few days leave this week, watched um, Road Rage. On Instagram, it's hilarious. You just see people who've lost their mind. It's it's just they've just lost their mind, and and it's just gone. I know I know it's a real thing in our world, and people are angry. But when you take it and just watch it for what it is, it's hilarious. And we've all done it. So we get to choose, and all the lows and the challenges that we have. Maybe even at the Christmas lunch you to go to, and your steak's a little bit more medium than medium rare. I don't know. If you have the privilege of ordering steak like that, you get to choose to make a scene or you get to choose for God to be seen in our lives and in the situations that we preach. I was going to call this preach, don't be a Christmas Karen. (laughs) I was going to. I haven't though. Just note that I haven't, but I was going to. Uh, Because uh, we were out with the kids and and, um, they were doing something. I don't know what it was this week. And and I just heard one of the boys from there, oh, mom, don't be a Karen. Candice is like, what? What's a Karen? She's obviously not big on social media. If you don't know what a Karen is, I'm going to, and please, to the Karens, the Karens, the Kareens in the room, I have a sister called Karen. Apologies. This is purely for the preacher's purpose this morning. But, but a Karen is the person you've sent out the WhatsApp to the family WhatsApp group, and it's like, where should, what should we do for Christmas? And someone says, let's go for lunch, but Karen says nothing. She just says nothing. They're quiet. That ominous quiet, you know? But then you get to the lunch, and before you've even walked into the restaurant, Karen's saying, oh, it's going to be so loud in there. You're not even there. You don't even ever been there. It's going to be loud. It's going to be soft. There's too much. Not enough vibe. Not enough people. Karen's already got an opinion. Then you get in to Karen's. Just relax. If your wife's name's Karen, just grab her leg. Just hold it gently. No, it's okay. Gently. And, and, but, but it's like the food comes out, and it's, before it's even come out, it's going to be too hot. It's got oh, too hot. I ordered medium rare. They haven't even brought it to the table yet. 
and Karen's going for it, and it's the waiter got it wrong, and it's this big issue, and everyone else at the table, you look around, they're like trying to get under the table. They just can't fit. They're trying to just escape. I'm, I'm just trying to purely for purposes of illustration trying to tell you what a Karen is according to Instagram. And it's this, this, this kind of the final nail in the coffin is when, when there were three kind of blocks of ice, but she asked for four in the GNT. And it's, it's just like, ah, oh. and everyone else at the table is, don't make such a scene. Don't make a scene. If you have complaints about my Karen, send it to michael at lifechanges.org.za, please. He, he will... Um, I don't know what he'll do with it, but just send it to him if you can. Um, uh, but, but you come to Christmas, and most people in their minds have the nativity scene, don't they? It's the nativity scene. If you've ever been to a, a, a kind of white Christmas land at Christmas, England or America, and they go big with their nativity scenes, and people dress up in their gardens, like, well, I'm like it's this weird suburban bliss American thing where they all dress up as like Father, like, I don't know why Father Abraham would be there, but, um, but Mary and Joseph and like the sheep and like the naughty kids in the back. He's like the cow, moo. And, and, but everything looks so serene. Mary looks peaceful. She's just like, oh. Joseph, he's just standing. He's just like, all the animals looked like they were hand-picked off Instagram. They're like perfectly manicured, their coats. It's just like everything is perfect. It's this perfect scene. We see the hymn writers, away in a manger. It's like everything's just calm, holy night. But actually, is that the truth? That's not the truth if you read it. It's wrong. A baby had just been born. I don't know. I've, had, I've been in the presence of three of those. It's all I could handle. That was why we basically don't have any more kids. Um, because they don't look like that when they come out. Sorry, kids. Just You came out like that, obviously. Especially you guys. But, but babies don't come out looking all serene and they're not like all perfect. No, they're like pink and purple and sometimes blue and you're not sure what to believe. And there's, it's, it's quite a thing. It's quite a thing. Mary wouldn't have been looking so healthy and strong, like, just like, oh. Joseph's there. He doesn't know what's happening there. And, and he wants to just, he, he, I mean, there's a whole bunch of backstory. And behind the scenes, she's giving birth to the baby and, and, and she's still shouting at Joseph, you forgot to book the Airbnb. Because they were coming to a town because of a census that they knew was happening. And everyone was coming to town. And he would have known he would have had to book accommodation beforehand. But he didn't. I'm not saying that's ever happened in our house. but And, and we sing the songs, Oh, Holy Night. We sing about, Oh, Night Divine. Oh, Night When Christ Was Born. It wasn't divine in truth because of a fancy bed with linen or good food or a nice meal. No, it was, we know now 2,000 years later, it was divine before, because a king came. Through a messy process, a very human process, God submitted himself to that process and allowed his glory to be real, revealed through the earth. But what was the real scene? I want to read from Matthew chapter 1, the little bit behind the, behind the scenes. I don't know about you, but I love watching movies, but I prefer watching those behind the scenes where they're trying to explain and you see the character developments. Here's Matthew 1, which is a little bit behind the scenes. It's not the nativity scene. It's just some of the background that plays into that perfect scene that mankind tries to make out as this perfect scenario. And most people can't relate to because most people's world's a bit more messy. Most people are on the edge these days of making a scene. Matthew chapter 1, verse 16. Jacob was the father of Joseph, 
the husband of Mary, Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah, giving the lineage of Jesus. And you see Joseph in that lineage. God had orchestrated a story thousands of years before as prophesied. It continues in verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. Understand, this is months of activity and happenings created into one or two paragraphs. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've heard that one in church a few times, but this is the real, authentic story of Jesus. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. This is the scene behind the scene. What you've got to understand about it says that they were engaged, and then he considered divorce. In these days, engagement meant a whole bunch of the formalities, the agreements, the sitting with the parents, the anxiety, the putting the plans in place. That was all done and dusted. This is a fait accompli. This deal is done. To be engaged in those days meant we are basically betrothed. We're just waiting for the day to come. A much higher kind of sentiment and energy. This was an agreement that was binding legally, and the wedding ceremony was the only thing they were waiting for in the consummating of the marriage. But Joseph had to make a choice. And I just want to, I want to lift up Joe, because I think Joe gets a hard time. Mary gets all the praise, mother of Jesus, and she is. Incredible. But Joseph had a big choice to make. Because behind the scenes, he had dated. He, he might have been the youth leader. She was the girl. They walked a journey. They, they came to, he had to go to the father. He had to run all those bases. He had decisions. He had esteem. In, in those days, to be divorced and to go through that would have been challenging and come with many stigmas attached. And Joseph had to make a choice. Was he going to make a scene? TikTok or hashtag Mary. Going after viewers. You won't believe what happened to me, Joseph, walking around. I was after this girl, and we got engaged, like going with this whole story, which is the world we live in. I don't know about you. I'm not huge on social media, but when I go on there, it's people telling me their stories that I don't always want to know about. And generally, it's making a scene. It's making it probably bigger than it was and escalating it, and it seems like to get attention in this world, you've got to be good at making a scene. I, 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 I was with a friend of mine the other day, and we were ordering takeaway. And he, he just went like this, uh-oh. I thought, oh, so what's happening? I said, and he just walked out. I was like, I walked out with him. I said, what's wrong? He said, no, my mother-in-law just arrived. <laughs> and as we walked out, this lady walked in looking angry with her hot chips that weren't hot anymore. Even though they'd been taken from the counter 25 minutes before, she wasn't happy. They weren't hot still. And she gave them, and he just, he literally stood outside like this. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
And as she left, he went to tell her, I'm so sorry to everyone. Like he's to the, to the, please tell the kitchen we're sorry. He says she does this everywhere. Joseph had a choice. Does he make a scene? Because in our world of self-justification, self-protection, looking at us, we get good. The way we get through all that is we make a scene and we make ourselves seem the victims of our cultures or our circumstance. He didn't have a plan in those days to marry an already impregnated by the Holy Spirit wife. Maybe he didn't have faith, but he encounters, and God, by God's grace, God sends an angel in a dream and gives him a vision, speaks to him, and he makes a choice rather than a scene. He had contemplated divorce, the Bible says. He was contemplating because that was an option. He says, and he didn't even want to make a scene. He had made a choice to not make a scene. He didn't want to embarrass her. He didn't want to bring shame to Mary. But he still had to find the courage to live a life of making a choice. And God continues to break in, and he breaks into this potentially disastrous situation. Disastrous for Mary to fall pregnant out of wedlock before your marriage day in those days to come to the wedding with a baby bump would have been a real problem for the family, for her, for their future. It would have been a problem. For Joseph to stand next to her going, mm, not mine, not mine. Standing up at the wedding as the bride walked down the aisle looking, who's looking at her too? Just making sure. No, he made a choice to choose God and to trust God and to not make a scene. And I just want to encourage us in four quick areas around allowing God and trusting God when he's already set the scene. Understand this, the manger, the, 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 the stable that Jesus was born in, and I don't know about you, but I always used to think a manger was the stable. A manger was the food trough that was converted into a crib for the baby because it was the most conducive with the hay and stuff inside. I mean, the animals standing there, they were miffed. They haven't got their food trough anymore. But Jesus came to be life. He came to be sustenance. He came to sustain. And as a baby, he's placed in a place of sustaining food for souls. He came to satisfy souls. And I'm telling you now as an encouragement where being a Karen is well, how you get likes on Instagram. It's not how you get through life. And it's not how we see the miracles that God's got for us. Again, michael at lifechanges.org.ca. But simply this, God set the scene where the impossible was made possible. So I don't know what's impossible in your story, and I don't know what you're trusting for, but it's Christmas, so I'm going to tell you about the one who makes the impossible possible. Because in Luke chapter 1, it says this, for nothing will be impossible with God. Gabriel says this to Mary, and it's the bottom line that gets her over. She says, I, I couldn't make this, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go, people looking me on the street as my stomach grows, knowing my wedding's still coming. I'm not sure I want to do this. And Christmas tells us that, that with everything else in the way, nothing is impossible to God. Abraham and Sarah, who fell pregnant very late in their life and, and had trusted and trusted and they kept trusting God, they make the statement, is anything too hard for the Lord? And I don't know why you came to church and I don't know what's impossible in your life. Maybe there's impossible health diagnosis right now. Maybe there's an impossible situation with one of your children. Maybe there's an impossible death and you're going, I don't know how. All I can tell you is God came to earth in the form of a child so that peace could come to chaos. So that the king who reigns and is now seated on his throne would come into your story. And understand this, you might not know how the scene's been set, but God's in the midst of it. God's in the midst of it. The impossible is made possible. Look over there, it's my boy, my oldest son who just celebrated his birthday. He was an impossibility, but God. 
and a doctor, a scientist who said to us, you'll never fall pregnant, you'll never have your own kids. God spoke. Because God spoke, impossible is made possible. Secondly, I want to tell you, when God sets the scene, and where He sets the scene, the unexpected should become the expected. And this is the story. It had been prophesied all those years before about a virgin, and yet no one believed it. Why? Because it's unexpected. And yet God still comes into the story. And in Luke 1 verse 26 says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, not our Gabriel, he's not an angel. I know some of you think he is. <laughs> was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Why a virgin? Why? What about the people who were already married, who were trusting for kids and were struggling? Why not there? What about me? No, God had a story, and He takes the unexpected, and He makes it within God, and He brings His grace into it, and He takes something that should be scandalous to bring life and salvation to the earth so that grace could be revealed to the earth because grace is scandalous. And I'm not sure what you know about the gospel. I'm not sure what you know about God. I'm probably sure that you've heard it's a lot of no's and, and a lot of stay aways and a lot of be careful because those guys have gone through it. But I want to tell you about the God whose grace is greater than anything you've ever done, any thought you've ever thought, any situation you've ever caused that has brought chaos. There's a God in heaven who came for you. And he gave his life. Expect God to move. God keeps choosing the unexpected, the undeserving, and the unspectacular to start expecting the spectacular in their lives. Second, thirdly, God set the scene where he qualified the unqualified. Understand this. Joseph's there. He's just a dude. He was good with his hands. He became a woodworker. He's a carpenter. But he was just a guy who had some famous people in his family lineage and he would have known about it. He was just, he was just Joe. He was Joe. He just wanted a fro. I just thought about that now. And Joe was carrying on with life, and he thought, I just want the good life, you know? I just want the wife with the kids and the picket fence and the safe kind of environment and do my Hebrew life without intervention or interruption. And God goes, mm, not going to happen. Not going to happen. And I'm going to qualify you for something more. Because Joseph wasn't qualified to be the father of Jesus. Joseph wasn't qualified to give him the name of Jesus. Joseph didn't have the ability. Joseph didn't have the guts. God had to appear to him in a dream and qualify us. But now we're here 2,000 years later. We know about Joseph. How many have passed through who have done great things, but we don't know about them. Why? Because they did great things for themselves. They didn't do it in obedience to the living God. And because they did it in obedience to the living God, and because he did it in obedience to God, and he didn't make a scene, to get followers on some social media platform. He just did it to say yes to the living God. Now we know his name. And now he's a pretty big deal in the history of mankind. And lastly, God set the scene where the powerless of power are filled with power. And God sends the power of heaven through the Holy Spirit into the womb of a woman that had never naturally had the opportunity to fall pregnant. The Spirit of God comes into the womb of a woman, so limited in its ability to produce life itself. The God of heaven comes and puts power inside of that womb and says that power was for the saving of the nations. That power is not so there's a date on a calendar. That power is not so that people feel good. That power is not so that we can put Christmas trees in our house. That power so life can come where there is no life. And it'll look like wombs coming alive. It'll look like dead lives coming alive. And maybe you are sitting here today and you feel powerless. And you're looking at politics and economics and all these things and you just feel powerless. 
and you're reading article after article about how politicians have done this and economists have done this and people of influence have done this and leaders have done this and parents have done this and you feel powerless. Christmas comes to remind us we don't need to make a scene because God's already set the scene. And when God set the scene, if we'll trust Him like Mary did, I've got to, I've got to walk down the street with a bump, but I'm going to trust you, God, because I trust you more and I know you've been good generation after generation. I know you've been faithful and I know you'll be faithful to me. And Joseph, I, I don't want this. This wasn't what I had planned. I, I had a fancy honeymoon planned and we were going to try to conceive a child there and this isn't what I had planned. Surrendering there and saying, God, but I'm going to trust you. Because they trusted and power comes into a womb. A power of heaven, a power of the Holy Spirit, a power that brings life to the dead. And impregnates. So God didn't fix Mary up first. He didn't say, Mary, I'm going to put the Spirit of God inside of you to bring life, but you just need to do these things. She was just a young girl. A young teenager. She hadn't achieved anything. She wasn't a big name. Welcome to grace. Welcome to grace. It's not about you. It's never been about you. It's about who the King of Kings is. It's about a love that left heaven to come to you. It's not about what you've done, where you've been, how you failed, how you're not good enough. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the church. It's about Jesus. Okay. Because you never were qualified, you never were powerful enough. And in a world where men and women seem to be celebrated for making a scene, God said, I've already set the scene in your life. And maybe right now it looks dirty, maybe like a stable. It looks like there's no power. It looks like there's no opportunity. It looks like you're at the bottom of the pile and everyone else got the Airbnb bookings, but you're at the bottom of the pile and you're going, where do I go from here? Maybe it looks like that. Or God is in the midst of it all. And there's a salvation story that will reach generation after generation, nation after nation, person after person, family after family, life after life. That'll come from a young couple named Mary and Joseph because of God's grace. Christmas comes to remind us that Jesus came for Mary's and Joseph's, just like you and me. Won't you stand with us? Can we close our eyes just for a moment? Maybe, maybe it's the end of 2023 and it's been a tough one and you just want to make a scene. Maybe you've got a Christmas lunch with family coming up and you want to make a few points known to your family. You've got a couple of bullet points that are coming out just before dessert. Maybe you've got some points with God you want to make known, like He doesn't know that you're under pressure, that you've got desires for love, someone to be loved, someone to love, maybe desires for a womb to be filled or dreams to be fulfilled. So you want to make a scene because somebody's got to know. And in a world where so long as I'm being vulnerable with my pain and shouting it to the mountaintops, I'll get attention. You don't need attention. You need healing. You need wholeness. You need freedom and you need salvation. Come to Jesus. You get to make a choice. Make a scene or submit to the scene.
so that he can be seen in your life and your story. He loves you. So, ma'am, I don't know how you came to church today. I want to tell you, the King of Kings, I preach this gospel because I believe with every fiber of my being that the King of Kings came. He left the perfection of heaven, submitted and surrendered himself to the narrowness, the smallness of a human womb, went through the process of a birthing process, not just so the church could have a story to tell on the 25th of December, so that your life would never be the same again. So that where you are unqualified, we lack the power, the ability, the nobility. The King of Kings would be revealed through your story. Can we just close our eyes for a second? I want to pray for people this morning. I want to trust. If you're feeling powerless and you're needing the Spirit of God to come, lift up your hands. If you're saying, I need a breakthrough, and, and, and heaven, it sounds like a breakthrough. I want to try. I want to trust this King. Like Mary and Joseph, I want to make a scene, but I'm going to trust this King. Can I just take a moment and pray with you before we sing our last song of worship? Will you raise your hands if you want the King of Kings and you need His intervention in your story? Maybe emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally. There's lots of people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you came 2,000 years ago. Thank you that you've never left. Thank you that you keep healing, restoring, redeeming right now. Every heart, every life. I pray the blessing of your presence in every heart. I pray the blessing of your grace upon every story. I pray grace upon grace will be revealed to every mind. And come, Spirit of God, where, where the flesh inside of us wants to cry out and make a scene. I pray the Spirit of God inside of us would call us to trust again. Where the flesh inside of us wants to cry out and self-justify and explain away, the Spirit of God would bring us to our knees before the Almighty King of Kings who reigns in glory, reigns in wonder, reigns in splendor.